This is Family Impact, a weekly ministry of the Christian Grandparenting Network, building a legacy that matters generation to generation. Here is the host of Family Impact, Kevin Harper. Well, thanks, Tom, and welcome to another edition of Family Impact, building a legacy that matters through gospel-shaped family discipleship generation to generation. I'm so pleased to uh, be able to introduce our guest to you today, Lena Rockwell. Lena and I, well, we've, we've kind of known each other for quite a while, I think almost 15 years. Uh, she's on the Legacy Ministry staff at the same church that I attend, Woodman Valley Chapel in Colorado Springs. And she is the author of Passing On a Written Legacy, encouraging others to write down their stories. Um, I've appreciated so much the work she has done in that area. And so that's why we're going to be talking with her today and talking about this whole thing of writing down your story. So, Lena, thanks for being with us on Family Impact today. Uh, it's so good to have you here. So tell me, uh, tell our listeners a little bit, how did you get into this thing about writing down your stories and, and why? I realized very quickly as my grandchildren got older, you know, um, probably by the time they were early teens, that there was very little that they knew about me or my past. And I was trying to figure out a way that they could, I could get to them to understand who I am today why I do what I do, and what, what's behind that. And I thought, you know, maybe if I just start writing my stories and tell them some of the things that have happened to me, they'll have a better idea of who Grandma really is. And so uh, in 2005, I just sat down one day in January, and I, had, I thought, you know, if I write one story a week, uh, we'll see how far I get. At that time, there were really in my head, only four memories that I, early memories that I thought I would remember that I wanted them to know about. But the minute I started writing, all of a sudden the stories came flooding back, my past came back, and uh, I began to write. And I was writing things like why I have a scar on my knee, why I'm afraid of dogs, why I don't like chocolate covered cherries, those kind of things. Not anything deep, just explain why I do what I do and who I am. And as I began to write, I realized I had a lot more to share than I thought I would. And so you began writing and uh, that kind of led you on a journey. Tell us a little bit about that journey. It did. At the end of the year, I had written 52 memories and I put them in a book and I began to share with the legacy people, some of my friends in legacy about the book. And of course they wanted to read it. But the bigger issue was, wow, how can I do this? Um, should I do this? And will you help me do this? Well, of course, I wanted to help them. But the minute I started helping them, they came up with all kinds of excuses why they shouldn't do it, why they couldn't do it, why they weren't going to do it. And so one person at one point said, why don't you just write a book and, and help us? And so my book is all sort of debunking the reasons that people come up with as excuses not to write their stories. And so that's what I did. After my first 52 memories, I was only up to age 10. So I had a long ways to go. But like I say, they just kept pouring out. So I wrote one every week. And, and as, I, as I began to write the book, Passing on a Written Legacy, these, these uh, 
ideas just kept popping up. This is why she's not writing. This is why they're not writing. And it was things like, I can't write like you do. I can't, the biggest one was, I can't remember like you do. And so I just thought, all right, let's, let's work on this and see if we can figure out for people and get them started writing. Because I feel like if our families knew who we are today and why we do what we do, there would be a lot more understanding and patience and communication between us if they knew who we really, why we are who we are. And then I began to see uh, in some scripture as well where God really does want us to do this. In Psalms uh, 102, verses eight, verse 18, it says, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord. And I realized that God wants us to share our stories with our families and thread through our Christian testimony to help our children and grandchildren realize he really is real. He really does help us. He, he's the reason we are who we are. And, and that whole thread of why it's important to write the stories, from a Christian point of view, it's all... It really has everything to do with the Lord and how he helps us from day one and how he leads us. And then when we do something wild and wacky, then how he brings us back and how he's so patient and ever loving and kind. From a, from a non-Christian um, point of view, I feel like it's very important that even people who don't profess Christianity or have anything to do with, with God at all, it's Still, if their families knew who they are, they would be much more kind, much more patient, much more understanding with each other. And and that's my goal, is for people to understand where we've been and why, we, why we've been there. And I tell you, the stories that I have heard are absolutely phenomenal. There are so many stories out there, thousands of stories for each life, and it's just fascinating. I love it. So have you found that your family has responded positively to what you're doing uh, in writing the stories about your family? Absolutely. Um, one of the first things that really kind of hit them all square in the face was when they read the story about why I don't like dogs. And every one of them had a dog in their house. And there's three children. They all had homes of their own. They all had dogs. And they expected me to like their dogs. and I, the minute I get to their front door, there could be three or four people going into the house, but the dog always came to me, and I did everything I could to get rid of it. Well, when they read the story about how I had been attacked by a dog as a young girl, I was about eight, uh, they began to say, well, no wonder you don't want to be around our dog. And from that moment on, any time I walked in the door, if the dogs were anywhere around, they were in somebody's arms. They were not, I was not expected to pat them, to love them, to feed them, to keep them, nothing, because they had understood why I didn't like dogs. So it's just something that, that simple. So have you learned um, to like dogs yet, Lena? No. <laughs> I don't think I ever will. I don't, I don't think I ever will. I can tolerate them, but uh, I, I personally... It'd be okay with me if I never saw another dog. I'm not a dog person whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Scarred me for life, I guess. 
<laughs> but that explains why I like them and also the scar behind my knee that I carry to this day. Yeah. So then we just began to talk, and, and what it did was open the doors for communication. I'd get a call. Mom, I just read the story about your chocolate-covered cherries. And you know, Kevin, that was one of the first workshops you, you and I did together. It was called Chocolate-Covered Cherries. And, I remember that. And, yes. And so I actually, once they read it and why I don't like them, um, they were okay with not having chocolate-covered cherries at Christmas time. You know, it's just those, those kind of issues. And they did talk about it. And the children, grandchildren wanted to talk about it. Well, Grandma, where were you when this happened? Or Grandma, why have we heard about this before? Or it opened all kinds of doors for us to communicate. When we take trips together, Grandma, tell me another story. I hear that a lot from at least two of my eight grandchildren. And, and some of them are grown. I have uh, one that's 21 and one's 27. They, they love to hear the stories. So it's, very, it's, it's a very bonding thing for us. So this is important not only because of our wanting to pass on a legacy of faith, which I, I think is a primary reason why we want to tell our stories, but it, it's yeah. also because we just need to know who we are and where we come from and why things are the way they are in our family. Exactly. Exactly. And it explains so much. It, can, it will explain why you go to one particular denomination versus another denomination, why you... Uh, why you live in Colorado Springs or why you live in the Pacific uh, Northwest or wherever you live. Uh, your your stories, as you write them, you can explain exactly how you got there or why you got there. And I believe that genealogy is extremely important. I, I love it that a lot of people are really into genealogy. I have a sister who's very into it. And anytime I need any historical information, she's got it. But for me, uh, if I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, which was the case, how in the world did I ever land in Boone, Colorado? How did that happen? Well, the genealogy doesn't tell you that. The genealogy tells you that I went from Memphis to Iowa to Boone. But why Why was I there? So once I started telling those stories, you can just, it begins to come to life and make sense. You answer a lot of questions in your story. It's not just an event that happened. It's the surroundings that I like to cover in my stories of when it happened, how it happened, why it happened, who you were with, um, all kinds of real good information about what's happening when you write the story. Is it sunny day? Is it cloudy day? Is it, you know, was it really windy when it knocked your head off? I mean, you know, just all kinds of things. So you can, you can really give them a lot of information with that. So it's almost kind of like putting flesh on the bones of the skeleton of your family. Uh, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Gavin. Yes. So in, in, in you're writing these stories, which is, like you said, it's more than genealogy. It's something much richer than that. Um, has this been useful in generating conversations about the family story? Um, or Absolutely. You know, you can, you can sit around a, a kitchen table, you know, or a dining room table at a meal, and and they'll say, I'll say, um, something will come up and I'll say, remember my story about, you name it, whatever it is. And, well, yes. Or one of them will say, yes, but remind me and tell me again. And so I'll tell it again and probably, hopefully in a shorter form. And, but then it, it opens up the minute you start talking about that. Wow. It just opens up conversations. They get away from, you know, how our society is, Kevin, there's so much of it's all about me and, and all the electronic stuff and all the different things that are going on in their lives now that 
they can't help that. That's the generation they're born into. But all of a sudden, the focus goes away from that. And I think it's very healthy for them. So is it, So you've mentioned earlier that a lot of people have objections about their ability to be able to write these stories. And right now, I, I suspect that people are still listening to this and thinking, you know, I, maybe she can do that, but I, I just don't think I can do that. It's not just an issue of, well, can I remember stories, but I don't know whether I'm a good storyteller. Uh, what would you say to people like that? Well, the first thing I'd say is just start. Just start. I've had many people tell me I can't write. I had a lady tell me just about two weeks ago, she said, I started, Lena, and this is a lady I have, <laughs> I've browbeat her for five or six years. You need to tell this story. And, and she'd say, I just can't. I can't settle myself down to do it. I just don't think I can. And I said, just start. Just start with the first one. Give as much detail as you can about maybe your first memory. What is that? Where were you? How old were you? And begin to talk about that first memory. And she said to me, why didn't you tell me this was so much fun? And she, she'd she been writing for a week. And I said, I've been telling you for five years, you will not regret it. Once they get started, but it's just that motivation and really coming to grips with why it's so important. You know, the Look at our Bible stories. Look at the stuff that's in our, you know, all the, all the different things that are in the Bible. Uh, what if they hadn't written any of that down? You know, it's really, really important. And it's important not just um, if you have grandchildren and children. It's important for historical data. Uh, at some point, someone is going to be interested and know how that happened with your family line, and you need to write it down. And and maybe it's only a half a page. Maybe it's not a full page. I started with one full page. I thought I could do it in an hour, and it would take an hour a week. And and I just sat down to my computer, had my four little stories that I thought I'd start with. I really thought after 52 memories, Kevin, I would be through my life. Well, that didn't happen. You know, I'm still not through my life. <laughs> so, um, but once you got started, once I got started, and once people understand how important it is. I always say to them, do you watch television more than an hour a week? Well, who doesn't? I mean, if you just watch the news, you'd have more than an hour a week. And of course, everyone said, well, of course. My next question is, is your family better off because you spent that hour watching television that week? Is there any more communication because you watched television that week than there was the week before. Once you start writing a story and you spend an hour a week writing your story, you have a gift for them. You have a treasure for them. And I will tell you, it's been my family sat down. Some of them read it right away. Some of them didn't read it right away. That's okay. They eventually read it. Uh, and I will say, too, some of them said to me, Where's dad? Where's dad? Because sometimes, and I don't know what this is, but sometimes men think this is just for women. And that's such a lie. <laughs> that is so not true. The boys like to know their adventures. They want to know what they did and how they did. Did they fish? Did they hunt? Did they run? Did they, whatever it was. What was life like? Were they on the farm? Were they in the city? Were they in a sailboat? What was, what was it life like? 
for the girls, they want to know what made dad tick, what made him like he is, the emotional side, what, uh, is he kind, is he gentle, is he firm, was he harsh, uh, what brought that all, you know, what made him like it, and they want those men's stories. And right now, as far as I know, I have men writing than women, and I love it, absolutely. Wow. Well, wow, that's really cool. Well, that's really, I think that's a significant statement that you've just made about um, it, it needs to be not just the women writing the stories, but the men writing the stories and, and what this is all about. So our, our time is about gone for this session, but I want to revisit this in our next episode to help them in writing their stories. That'd be great. I hope you've picked up on how important and valuable it is for us to be writing our stories. And that includes both men and women. We'll continue our conversation with Lena Rockwell next time as we discuss some of the practical ways you can find your voice and write these stories effectively. In the meantime, I urge you to check out Lena's book, Passing On a Written Legacy. You can order your copy at Amazon.com. Until next time, I'm Kevin Harper, your host on Family Impact. May God bless you and move you to tell your stories and write them down so your grandchildren and their children after them will understand how your legacy is shaped by the reality of the gospel in your life.